And welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast, sponsored by Netting Professionals. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting Professionals specialize in design, fabrication, installation of custom nettings for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BB screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting pros that continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact Netting Pros at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all the latest products and projects. So on today's episode, we get a chance to talk to Justin Hanley. Justin Hanley is the head coach of very prestigious William Penn Charter High School in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Coach Hanley has been the has been with Penn Charter since 2012. At that time, he was the associate head coach and pitching coach, 2012-2017. During that time, they won two inter-AC championships in 2014-2017. And since he's been the head coach, they have won the inter-AC in 2021. During his time at Penn Charter, they've had four players that have gone on to play pro baseball from William Penn Charter, uh, among several others that he's been able to coach at the college ranks and help guide the recruiting process and help guide them and get them placed into college baseball, either between Penn Charter or his time in travel baseball. He is the former director of operations and player development at Elite Sports Factory. Uh, As well, he is the North American baseball account executive for Silicon Valley fintech startup Pando, which we talk about, uh, but uses predictive analytics to help professional baseball players mitigate their career risk. Uh, it helps them um, as they go through their process of being professional ball players. Um, and so, really cool, interesting um, job that he does along with his head coaching responsibilities. Uh, not your normal teacher and coach. Uh, he's actually in helping professional baseball players, uh, even on the analytics side, and, and wait for them to analyze their risks, their risk as baseball players. So it, it, we dive into a lot, lot more of that, and it's really, really interesting, and we talk about that and, and how that inter- impacts his program and how he um, is coaching decisions with analytics and, and how he is, his brain kind of works with that, and uh, really good. I mean, Coach Hanley and I have just been able to, um, through some players and get a chance to know each other and uh, with him's travel baseball and with him coaching and we have a good relationship and uh, it's I got a chance to see them play up there it's just an unbelievable school very prestigious school Uh, gets these guys to play as a family gets these guys have um, play at such a high level Uh, and it it was it's it's really great to see Uh, a really great coach um, had a great conversation I just love um all the different things that we t- to talk about from recruiting, different culture, uh, just some great perspective, like I said, or just about his profession and the business, the business side, like he's a, uh, in the business as well as in how he relates that into coaching and things like that. So it's, yeah, it's certainly a great perspective. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Really appreciate it, Coach Hanley, and thank you guys all for supporting it. Really think you're going to love it. Head coach at Wimpen Charter, Coach Justin Hanley.
stumbled upon this company, Pando, out of Silicon Valley, that it's a fintech company, but works in baseball. So I reach out and just the more research I did, you know, I had reached out. I'm like, you know, how do I be a part of this? So, you know, just the backstory there, the two co-founders, um, you know, they were former data guys, but they met at, at Stanford Business School getting their MBAs and they were putting together, you know, game theory models around uh, career volatility and, you know, coming away with like, what are the most volatile career paths? Because they're noticing that people were, you know, going into these winner take all career paths with really no safety net and, um, so they're like, you know, we, you know, we need to study this a little more. So they came away with probably the two most volatile career career paths you could pick are, you know, being an entrepreneur, starting your own company, and professional baseball players, you know, because there's so much downside risk and so many things outside of your control that can dictate your future, whether it be injury or you know, draft politics, you know, team politics, whatever it is. Um, so they're like, well, you know, we need to build, you know, a company around this. And so the financial product they came up with is called income pooling. So you know, half the company does entrepreneurship and founders pools, and they even have NBA pools, but uh, the other half does baseball, professional baseball players. So I run the North American player side. I have a colleague who does the Latin American side. So what they do is, you know, we use our, our uh, data science team and our models and our algorithms to, you know, assign a value to a player. And then we can reach out to these players and use that data to, you know, group them together into what's called a pool. And when you join a pool, you're committing to put in 10% of your future earnings, right, into this pool. And if you make it and you signed a big post-arbitration deal, you put in 10% and it gets distributed amongst the group because, as you know, the odds for anybody to break into the major leagues is already slim enough. So it's basically you're spreading out your career risk. And, you know, if I eat, you eat, right? So um, it, it's it's awesome. So I've been here about seven months and, you know, we have uh, about 80 pools total. You know, we have over 6% of all professional baseball players, you know, minor leagues all the way up to major leagues. So um, it's, it's wild, man. And it just gives, it allows players to take more of like a, you know, career adjust or a risk adjusted uh, approach to their career. And um, it gives them that safety net, if you will. And so when you're looking how have like you used that, especially with their like analytics and stuff like that, like yep. within like your own system of maybe evaluating players, your own players, my players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of funny, you know, like, you know, co coaching at the high school prep level, it's, you know, I, I do have to remind myself that, you know, these are kids, but you know, you do see, you know, where the game is going is, you know, the analytics driven and, um, you know, so obviously we use, you know, all the game changer reports and all the, the Rapsodo data and all that to help guide, you know, playing time decisions. But um, yeah, so it has kind of you know, changed how I look at things a little bit. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're fortunately enough, you know, because we're allowed to recruit, we have high, high level players and especially the teams in our league, you know, um, you know, we can kind of run it more of like a college program where, you know, from a, a pitch design standpoint or, or helping, you know, catchers like Kyle, you know, call the game, um, you know, we, we rely heavily on like the data and analytics, but at the same time, it's, you got to have a feel for it. And so I, I kind of find that middle ground because, you know, they are kids and, you know, I want them to, I want them to embrace mistakes as they play, as opposed to me just turning them into a robot and, you know, <laughs> doing what I tell them. So, um, you know, I, it's hard. You got to strike that, that fine balance there. Have you always been had an interest in the analytics? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I've, and that was kind of, you know, I didn't, 
I got into coaching 11, 12 years ago. Um, never thought I'd be a coach. And so, you know, working in finance and was approached by the the, the then head coach at Penn Charter. And, um, you know, just so having that analytical background and, and kind of taking it over to the baseball side and me being a former pitcher and, and nowadays, you know, pitching is all 100% analytics. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I put a you know strong emphasis on, especially when it comes to our decision making as a coaching staff. You know, we like to lean heavily on you know the data and, and the stats and all that. Is there anything that like when you think analytics, like something that is kind of like where what what t- tells the best story? Yeah, I think you know. And, and I'm not, you know, saying anything that hasn't been already been said, but like, like, win loss record, and 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 even ERA now are kind of going, you know, kind of going out the window, and you're you're focusing on on stats like, you know, like WHIP or, or K through nine or you know K to you know to walk ratio, um, and then on the offensive side, you know, we look at the the quality at bat percentage, and you know, are you, you know, are you hitting the ball hard? How often are you hitting the ball hard? And um, so, you know, leaning on those kind of stats, that uh, you know, that helps us a lot. Do you so do you just rely on like the game changer to do that, or do you actually have, uh, do you have specific like like quality bats or different things that you do as a charting or what yeah yeah a little bit you know game changer is great but it's it's limited in, in what it right. can offer and 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 again probably us you know we we might not be uh, fully utilizing it to its <laughs> to its potential so you know we do some charting on the side especially on you know putting together uh, you know opponent hitting hitting charts or even for our pitchers you know we'll track their bullpens. Um, you know, and then in game, you know, we'll track, you know, you know, for me personally, I let, uh, I think I'm one of the few high school coaches that, that I don't call a game and, and my pitching coach who, you know, had a, a 10 year uh, professional career as a pitcher, he doesn't want to call a game. You know, we want our catchers like, like Kyle to, to learn how to do that. And, you know, for them to do that, they have to make, you know, do it on their own, make mistakes and we'll coach it in between innings and say, Hey, you know, in this situation, you may have wanted to call that pitch, but you know, that's more of like on the teaching side, but you know, from, you know, pitch selection, you know, we, we rely heavily on our, on our kids to do that. Um, but then, you know, like I said, the coaching is kind of done, you know, in between innings after games practices. Um, and then that's when we'll kind of bring the data side into it. And, and, you know, even, you know, preparing for games, you know, we have a, a chart on an opposing hitter. We'll work with our catchers and, and pitchers and say, Hey, here's the plan for tomorrow. You know, let's, uh, Let's attack the you know this lineup one through four this way, and um, but at the end of the day, you know we're we rely heavily on our catcher to to make those calls, and um, I, because I think that's the way he's going to learn. For sure, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it's got and like I like what you said too. Like we'll coach it up in between the innings. They kind of take that time to, to coach it up there in between. Yeah, yeah. I, and I got that. I forget. You know, so my predecessor, um, you know, he brought me into Penn Charter and he coached a little bit and. You know, we got into the travel ball world a little bit, but now he's a Division One head coach now. And, um, you know, he kind of planted that in my brain, you know, back in the day. Like, I was coaching third base, you know, when I first started. And, and I'm yelling out, like, mechanical shit to a kid. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. hey, square it up, stay middle, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, dude, there's nothing you're going to yell to him from the third base coach's box that is going to put him in the right mindset. You know, be positive, you know, hit the, you know, keep it simple, but be positive hit the ball hard, find a gap, you know, <laughs> like don't yell out mechanical shit because he probably got mom or dad yelling the same shit to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's uh, you know, you want to be that, that voice of, of positive encouragement. So, you know, when you come to see us play, you know, that's pretty much all yell from the third base box, but 
you know, being the former pitcher, you know, when I'm looking out at one of our guys, you know, throwing, that's when I get a little more, you know, mechanical and, you know, in my, in my feedback. But yeah, for the most part, it's, I try to keep it simple. Oh, for sure. And, and, and yeah, like I always love, I love the quote of like, stop yelling at kids when they're trying to make decisions. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like, and I, I find myself like, at, like I said earlier, like I have to remind myself that these are kids. And when I think back, and by the way, they're way more mature at 15 to 18 than I was. Like, so I, I remind myself, like, if, if I was 17 again and I had, you know, mom, dad, teammates, coaches yelling out mechanical shit to me while I'm trying to hit a baseball, no way. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, how else? Like, I mean, just with your with your background and coming in. So, like, you know, most of the guys that we talked to, you know, teachers or, like, coming through that, like, but with your background and – you know, more the business side of things, like how has that, uh, you know, how has that experience really kind of developed you into, you know, running one of the very successful programs, like just yeah. in William Penn? Yeah. I, I think, you know, when it comes to looking at, you know, like put, putting a portfolio together or, or whatever it is, you know, putting, um, you know, looking at potential, you know, startup companies and you're looking at like the management team and, and kind of, you know, rolling up your sleeves and, and you know, drilling down to, to really kind of, you know, cut through all the BS of a, of a business plan. And uh, you, I think you can apply that to putting a team together, right? You know, I like to build through the middle, you know, have a, a strong leader, at catcher, you know, middle infield and center field. Um, and obviously, you know, being a former pitcher, you know, I, I love pitching, and especially in our league, pitching wins. But, you know, using that kind of analytical approach to, you know, recruiting and, and you know, um, you know, and from a due diligence standpoint, you know, the first thing, you know, when I'm, when I hear about a player, you know, with good relationships with a lot of little leagues and if a coach says, Hey, you got to come take a look at this kid, you know, I'll say it's not unlike a college coach where, you know, tell me about mom and dad, you know, tell me about his, what kind of grades does he get? You know, what does he play in any other sports? If not, why not? <laughs> so, um, you know, just, I think taking that, that analytical and like that due diligence mindset when approaching a family about, you know, bringing a kid into a, a, a fine private school like Penn Charter, it's, uh, you know, that's the kind of the approach that I take. Yeah. And I, and I like, like you said, the, there's such the entrepreneurship mindset is so kids hand in hand with, I think running a program. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And especially at a school like ours where, you know, these kids, they're pushed academically like from 7 30 a.m till till 3 p.m right you know um and i i make the joke like i didn't go there i wish i did i'm a public school kid right and i make the joke like every graduating class like I, you know one of you guys might be my boss someday <laughs> they're, yeah they're super driven you know super you know intelligent kids um but at the same time it's you know they are kids and um, you know, to be able to get them on that right path and then prepare them for the college level, not only just baseball, but prepare them for college life. You know, we, you know, we're big on self-advocacy. You know, we want kids to, you know, we, we tell them, you know, mom and dad are not going to write a co uh, an email to a college coach. And if they do, that coach is not going to read it. And if they do, they're not going to care. Right. So, um, I'm, I don't, I tell kids, I don't rule with an iron fist. Like if you're unhappy with your at-bats or your innings, you come talk to us and, and we'll, you know, we'll give you feedback, constructive feedback, but you might not like the answers, but it's, it's going to be what you need to hear in order to get better. Um, and, you know, we do that because, you know, when they get to the college level and they're playing for guys, for coaches whose livelihoods depend on wins and losses, 
you know, they're going to need to be able to stand up for themselves and, and have, you know, really good conversations with the coaches as far as their development, their, their, you know, uh, playing career path and, and all that. So, you know, we try to start that early for them and, and it's not always the smoothest process, but for the most part, you know, kids, they buy in and the families buy in. And, and I just think that helps, you know, build our team culture and, and make it, give it that community feel that we're trying to encapsulate. It's like, so you, speak, you talked about the, the community feel and like going into little leagues and stuff. Like, do you feel like, so like, is that a, uh, like, will you hold events or like, what do you do in order to kind of bring that community? You know, we, we do one, one summer or one week of summer camp at, at school. And, you know, that's great. It's a, it's a good opportunity for, for kids to get on campus, see the school, see the field, which, you know, you saw it's, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, it's just kind of re- relying on our relationships with literally coaches, travel ball coaches, and, um, you know, just, you know, calling around saying, Hey, you know, you, you have any, you know, you know, academically driven kids who are good baseball players, um, you know, if we if there's a position of need, uh, you know, we'll, we'll reach out and say, hey, you have a catcher or we're, we're, we're graduating too. <laughs> so um, but they're still at that time. It's, you know, they're 12, 13 year old kids. So it's it, it's tough. Um, so that's why, you know, you want to you want to dig in to see, you know, see about their character, see about their family, you know, the, the work ethic, because you, know, I, you could agree. I mean, some of the best baseball players that I played Little League with didn't even play in high school. Right. Yeah. So it's it's hard to project, especially in baseball, like maybe football, if there's a lineman and the kid's six foot at 12 or basketball, whatever, baseball's tough. So you really have to, you know, look at the other stuff, you know, the, the makeup, um, you know, how seriously does he take his, his, you know, academics or does he play an instrument? You know, what kind of student is he? Uh, what kind of teammate is he? Um, you know, that, that's a big one. So, you know, we rely on that stuff as opposed to just trying to project the kid as a player. Mm-hmm. It just, it, man, it's, it's, it's funny, like thinking that you're a high school coach, you know what I mean? Like, and as much <laughs> as you talk about recruiting and the projection and how you're dealing with all that, like, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty interesting, man. Those are conversations that typically I'm having with, with college guys. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and I, I feel kind of icky saying it because, you know, there are Saturdays in the fall where me and my coaches were, you know, we're going to a 12, 13 U event. And just to see a player and, and meet his family and talk to them. But like I said, it's hard to project, project at that age anyway. So, um, but, you know, if, like I said, it, you know, it being a high, highly prestigious private school, you know, whether they, you know, whether the baseball career pans out with us or at the college level, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're, they're going to be able to make a life changing decision by going to a, a private school like one of ours. So um, yeah, it, it's tough yeah, because it's, it's hard to project. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to dive into like, you, you mentioned about your culture and you're, you're trying to build the, you said about building self-advocacy. Yeah. Uh, do you have like different values of like you said, self-advocacy was big. But, like, how are you, um, how do you build your, how have you built your culture at William Penn? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it starts with, you know, good communication amongst, you know, the, the myself to the players and then, you know, them to their parents. And that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, we tell parents at the beginning of the year that, you know, we don't talk playing time, you know, with, with, with parents. Um, if your son is unhappy with his playing time, you know, it's his duty to come to us. And like I said, we have an open door, you know, we'll sit down and talk with the kid because we, we want that. We want them to be able to feel comfortable coming to us and having that dialogue. And like I said, they might not be happy with the, the feedback we give them, but it's feedback that they need to hear. 
in order to help with their development. So, uh, and we, we tell them, listen, if, if your son doesn't properly relay that information to you, or if you feel as though your son has been disrespected, then we'll have a meeting, right? But it never gets to that point. Uh, but kind of establishing that early, it one helps keep the parents at bay and sets expectations for them. But it also, you know, they take that feedback and, and th- they're encouraged by that where, okay, you know, th- my son is going to have to grow up a little faster than normal here. You know, he's going to have to stick up for himself. Um, and it, it being a competitive program where, you know, there's only nine spots in the field. So, and our best nine are going to get out there. And um, so that leads us to our, our kind of our second pillar where, you know, we tell kids right away, I don't care what grade you're in. You know, we're not a, a, an all boys school where we're bringing in 50, 60 new boys every, you know, every spring for tryouts, it's, you know, we get to recruit and, you know, for instance, you know, for next year's fall class, there's 32 open spots for ninth grade. So that's girls and boys. I want players, girls, basketball, with players, football, whatever. So if we get in two or three kids for a freshman class, that's a good year. Um, So with that, you know, we tell freshmen, I don't care that you're a freshman, you know, I want you to punch above your weight class. And if you can play as a freshman, you're going to play. Um, and, you know, and we've had that, like you've seen that, you know, with, with Kyle, you know, he's a kid that came in and he won that, that kept starting catching job as a freshman and, and has to look back. And, you know, that kind of at the same time forced him to grow up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, some of the kids he came, he came in with, you know, he, he's a little further along maturity wise than other ninth graders. Right. So, um, you know, we tell them like some programs, you might not step foot on that varsity field till your 11th, 12th grade year, but. Here, if you can play, you know, show, show us you can play. Go beat out a senior. I don't care. You know, you're going to get out there if you show us that you have what it takes. Um, and then the biggest thing is just kind of accountability, not only, you know, with, with thyself, but just keeping your teammates accountable, you know, making sure that they know. And we, we kind of give real-life examples, and we, we tell them, listen, you know, you might not like each other. You might, you might hate each other for all we know, but – you know, once you step between these white lines, you have to respect each other because we're here for a common goal. We're here to win. We're here to you know, get to that next level. And, you know, the kids love that. And at the same time, um, you know, they hold themselves accountable, hold their teammates accountable if they're not kind of playing up to, you know, our expectations. So you're just kind of having those, you know, those pillars of our philosophy, just kind of reminding them of that. You know, that's kind of helped, you know get us to where we are. And, and it's, you know, other programs do things other ways, not saying what we do is right or wrong, but it just kind of works for us to help get that message across to the kids. How, how often, like, are you going through these messages? How often do you bring this? Is this like a daily thing? Do you have classes? How do you do it, it comes up, you know, like just weekly reminders, but, and you listen, they're kids, you know, they're yeah. going to make mistakes. They're going to you know, miss a practice or, you know, uh, be late to the team bus. I expect that, you know, that they're kids. Uh, and when, when situations like that happen, you know, we're big on helping, you know, instill leadership amongst not just our captains, but everybody. But if there's a situation where a, a kid acts out of line or does something stupid and, and, and doesn't represent our program or their family the way they should, we'll rely on our, our captains, our leaders, say, hey, you know, this is a problem that if you know, we need to handle this internally, it's up to you guys, you know, and, and you know, they take that seriously and, uh, they can nip any problem in the bud, and and we as coaches, we love to see that. You know, they're, they're, uh conflict resolution, you know, uh, leadership skills. You know, you can see that maturity process um, kind of, uh, you know, instilling that within them. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how we do things. 
Um, again, not saying right, it's right or wrong, but it, it works for us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I just was wondering, like, with the self-advocacy and, um, you know, the sense of urgency that you're creating with the, you know, not caring, um, you know, what grade you are. You know, if you can play, you're going to play. Yeah. Um, you know, how hard – how was thinking, like, how hard, like, how tough has it been, like, some tough decisions you've been for a senior who might not have been performing up to your standard? Yeah, that that's always the toughest um, because – you know, these are kids that you develop relationships with and, and they're just, they're, they're all phenomenal kids. Um, so, you know, when you have a senior who is struggling, you know, performance wise on the field, it, it, it's tough, but, you know, they know that at the next level, um, you know, they're going to be facing the same uphill battle where, you know, their leash is going to be even shorter at the college level. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we want to, you know, we never want to, um, discourage a kid because there are times where I've definitely been too hard on a kid and you can almost see that confidence evaporate. And, you know, that's when I got to go back, but listen, uh, you know, I, I was you know wrong in my message and, and, and my delivery of the message, but um, you know, we, we, you know, we have the utmost confidence in you. And if, if you don't have confidence in yourself, how can we have as coaches have confidence to get you out there on the field? So um, yeah, it's always tough. And every season we go through with it with, with a senior who, is either underperforming or whatever would, would, you know, and we just remind ourselves, these are kids, they have lives, they have girlfriends, they have, you know, home issues, whatever it is, just like everybody else. So um, just kind of getting them, you know, in a good headspace, I, I, we think it's going to help translate to the batter's box or the pitcher's mound. So, um, and, and as you know, being part coach, you're, you're part therapist, you're part, you know, mm. mom, you're part dad, you're part brother, you know, whatever it is, you know, you, you wear many hats as a coach. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, with those upperclassmen, it's, you know, we rely heavily on them from a leadership standpoint to, to help, you know, kind of set a good example for the younger guys and, and you know, they take that seriously and it's awesome to see. Oh, for sure. No, yeah, it's great. I just, you just know that those conversations are, are, are tough. Like, um, you know, and, and it seems like you're having a lot of those conversations, you know, like as you yeah. go to talk to guys and like, are you pretty intentional about your talks? Like, do you... Do you get around during practice? Is it something maybe during uh, during bus rides? Like how how do you structure maybe these conver- communication yeah. conversations that you're having with guys? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a little bit of everything, you know. Whether it be a a late night text, the kid will send, "Hey, coach, you know what do I need to do to get more at bats?" Um, and then you know the next day of practice during during BP, I'll I'll float around and just you know try to try to engage with each kid and you know just you know, see how they're doing, right? Um, Cause they got a lot of shit on their minds. Right? Sure. So, um, but if it's a situation where a kid, you know, he needs feedback on, on what he needs to do to, to get more reps, you know, we'll just kind of talk to him and say, you know, and just kind of, you know, be blunt. But at the same time, like, you know, we remind them, this is a team, like, you know, yeah, nine guys play at a time, but if we're going to make a, a deep postseason run, you know, that's the, that's the, the goal every year. If we're going to be able to accomplish that, it's going to take everybody. So, you know, no matter what role, no matter what scenario we're going to need you just be ready and, you know, and have the confidence when that opportunity comes. So yeah, we, we have those conversations and, and yeah, it's, it's funny. You said this week, there's a senior who, you know, we, we had to pull him out of the lineup just because, you know, the the strikeouts were really piling up. I mean, it's kind of going into a slump that we really haven't seen out of him. And, you know, as a coach, yeah, it keeps you up at night because this is a kid who's, 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 you know, bled and sweat for this program 
over the last four years. And, you know, we, we got to make the tough decision to kind of sit him down his last week of high school baseball. And, you know, that, that's tough. So, but you know, these kids, they, they know that, you know, we as coaches, we care about them as individuals. And um, I think that's the, the, the number one thing you got to do is prove to these kids that, you know, we're there for them, not just to win games. Like that's, you know, that's a side thing. You know, we're going to win games, but you know, you need to know that once you get your diploma, you now have a friend. You, I'm no longer a coach. I'm now a friend, a, a lifelong friend. You can call for anything, you know, a, a job re- reference, whatever it is. Um, you know, we just need them to know that they care or that we care about them. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Like, it's just like, what, how, how do you prove that? Like, I think coach, cause coaches here are hearing a lot. So like maybe a couple like, tidbits of how you how you prove that you do care yeah just just kind of you know leading by example and just showing them you know the the, the time commitment that that we all put in uh whether it be the after practice extra reps that a kid wants or um you know having you know so at our school we do a lot of uh, our seniors the last month of school they're out of school they're doing a, what's called a senior comp project where it's basically they do an internship somewhere so um you know over every year i have one or two kids you know kind of uh, help me out, you know, with, with either the venture fund or with Pando or whatever it is. And, um, just showing them that, you know, there's more to life than just baseball. And and I can always be counted on, you know, by them if they need anything outside of baseball and, um, you know, just kind of, like I said, kind of leading by example and, and just showing them that, you know, along with their parents, you know, we're going to be right there to help, you know, help them through the maturity process and, and getting them to where they want to be. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking. And then, like, could you? Um, I, I just as as is it something like as you came into that? Is, is that something that's also your mentor? Like when you like, like I said when you you took over and he was teaching yep. you a lot of things about like what to even say. Is that something that he he passed down on to you as well, or is that something that has been always been a part of you? And um. Oh yeah, a little bit from him, but you know, I, I go back to my college coach, a guy named Chris Calciano. Uh, I played at Westchester University, and mm. uh, I, I transferred in there. And, um, he recruited me a little bit out of high school, but I, I ended up going to school in Tennessee. And then last of the semester there, it was culture shock. Knew I needed to get out of there, and so I called him, and he's like, "Yeah, you got a spot." So when I came in there, you know, it just happened at the same time. You know, I had some family issues going on, and. Um, he, he showed me right away that it's more, more than just baseball. And, and, you know, he met with me, he answered the call anytime I called him just to kind of, you know, he was like my therapist, if you will. So uh, he got me through a really, really tough situation. Um, and at the same time, made me a better baseball player, you know, made me a better teammate, um, you know, made me a better, you know, person in, in general. And I think that has helped, get me to where I am. And, and, you know, I, I always use the lessons that he taught me to you know, be a better father, be a better coach, be a better husband. So, uh, and then, and then, you know, Dave, David Miller was my, my predecessor at Penn Charter. And, um, you know, he's a guy who played, uh, you know, professional ball. He's a first round pick. And, um, it's just, you know, picking his brain about how to handle certain situations. Like a few years ago, we were playing, a, a, you know, we played a scrimmage over in New Jersey. So when you go over to Jersey, it's, it becomes like a scrimmage. So I remember I had a freshman who was like, ah, I'm going to leave him out of the lineup today. And when I get there, the other coach is like, Hey, let's make this a scrimmage. I'm like, great. So I put this kid in batting 10th, you know, just to get him in the lineup. His first, first at bat, first pitch of his high school career, a, a Kentucky commit hits him in the face with a 93 mile per hour fastball. 
Oh my! And in that moment, I'm like, "What the what the fuck did I just do?" You know, I'm blaming myself. And um, fortunately, the kid was fine. But that night, I called Dave because I remember he told me his first year of pro ball. He's with the Indians. Bartolo Colon hits him in the face with a 99 mile per hour fastball. Mm. And he says, Justin, as soon as that kid, as soon as that swelling goes down, you get that kid in the batting cage now, like right away, just to kind of get him back on the horse. Right. And so just little, you know, little things I can learn from every coach that I've, I've worked for uh, just little life lessons or, or little coaching strategies and tidbits. It's, you know, I try to take a little piece from everybody. Oh, that's cool. Matt, be at Westchester. You part of any of the World Series teams? Oh God, you no. <laughs> so, we, so just the, the backstory there. So, so Coach Calciano, he he took over, and I think two thousand. So prior to that, they were a Division One school. Um, okay. And I'm I'm gonna I might butcher the year, but ninety seven, ninety eight, they went like four and fifty six or something terrible. Mm. So they dropped out of D two, and then Coach Calciano came in. So. His first class was, you know, our, our class. Um, that first year, we went 30 games. School had never done that. We went 35 the next game. We go to, you know, we, we make it to regionals and losing the last game before the College World Series. And um, so just every year, you know, we finished, you know, top, I think, top five, top 10 in the country. And um, it was all due to him. But so the point of that is uh, that was 2005 was my senior year. So the next year, they go to the College World Series and then they end up winning it, I think, in, 12 and then again in 17. So yeah, yeah, I'm a little older than those guys, but as an alum, you're, you're super proud. Oh, that's right. It was, it was pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Cause Jad, his Jad's there, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and I got to know Jad and and it was awesome when he was down the road at, at certainly Westchester and then Delaware for a little bit. But, uh, but my college roommate and second baseman, Michael Rosa is now the head coach at Westchester. So still have ties to the program and it's, it's nice to, uh, you know, to see their success. So, but yeah, Jad, I mean, it, it, you know, the job he was able to do uh, in such a short time, especially at a school like that, a state school where he probably wasn't making a lot of money. So when he wins one national championship, you think, okay, you know, this is a stepping stone. He's going for a power five job and he stays and wins another one. I mean, that just, I think speaks to his character. And uh, I know he was a guest on your show and he's, he's just a phenomenal guy, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He is, you know, as in, I'm sure it's just a matter of time down there, yeah. you know, really, South Alabama. Really unassuming guy too. Like mm-hmm. if you go, go to his games, he's, he's as laid back on the bench as he is just having a conversation, you know? And I think, you know, that kind of rubs off on his players. And it, I think there's a little truth to a team absorbing their coach's personality and they played loose, but they were professional at the same time, you know? And yeah, I think that's one of the big reasons why they were able to, you know, win two national championships, you know, a school from cold, a cold weather school, it's tough to do for, for sure. And then just, I think it speaks to the, the recruiting aspect. It's oh, yeah. just, you know, him able to develop people, but yeah, like uh, I forget how he mentioned it. You know, he talked about just basically like, just, just doing your job, you know, like just do yep. it. Like just, he just kept, keeps it real simple. Where like, yeah. yeah, like you don't make it like this big to do like, just uh, do the right thing, you know, or, and that's just, it was just some simple thing where like, I think that where you can keep it simple and that you get massive clarity. Yeah. It's relaxing. You know what I mean? Good point. <laughs> it, I like, it's, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause when you get, when you try to overcomplicate things, that's when the message can get lost or confusion can set in. So no, I, I think that's a, you raise a really good point. Like just 
keep things simple and it can offer that clarity. Yeah. When they, like you said, then they can stay relaxed and play loose, you know, because they understand they are fully clear on what to do. Yeah. Cause he, he definitely does the unassuming part of it, you know, and, and, um, yeah, it's just uh super cool, man. It was a great, but yeah, just, yeah, you're right, man. Just to, for them to go win two there and what they've done. And this is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah. Westchester. Go to getting guys that like, so like part of that, you know, like, and you're, you're, you're part of this with, with being a high school coach and just helping guys get educated, you know, on the different types of levels that there mm-hmm. are, you know, when you think of like a Westchester and you're looking at, um, basically the best, the best fit for a kid, you know, like how, what kind of conversations are you having with guys about those like different levels and trying to find the best fit? Yeah, that's the challenge of, of coaching at a high academic school like Penn Charter where, you know, every kid, you know, if they weren't playing baseball, they're going to apply to, you know, they're going to look at IVs. They're going to look at Patriot League. They're going to look at the high academic D3s. Um, but when they want to play baseball at those schools, you know, that makes it tougher. And so it, this sounds cliche, but it's all about finding the right fit. And especially now with a transfer portal that's already packed to the gills, you know, yeah. you're, you have to rely on, on, you know, as a coach, we tell kids, you know, learn from not only your mistakes, but learn from others' mistakes. And we can apply that to recruiting where, you know, for every success story of a kid finding his dream school and going on to have this great career, there's 10 kids who were at the wrong school. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're seeing it now where, you know, for, you know, former teammates of theirs have gone to a school and then they're in the portal. Um, so you know, that, that's the challenge helping families kind of navigate that. And, and I want to, I want to give you kudos because, you know, coaching, you know, obviously running travel ball and then coaching at the high school level, like I've done at the same time, I've seen a crowbar wedged in between travel programs and the high school coaches. Sure. Um, and, you know, you, you know, meeting you over the last two or three years, it's been a breath of fresh air because you've closed that gap. Like, you know, you and I've had conversations, whether it be about, you know, we have a mutual player and, you know, if we, you set up a college call, you'll, you'll keep me in the loop and vice versa. And I think that's been great. Um, but that's rare. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I, I hope you had that same relationship with a lot of coaches. And I, I assume you do because of your style, but it's, it's rare around here. And I don't know if the new recruiting, well, I was talking about this the other day with the coach, but I don't know if the new recruiting rules might help that because it, you know, it might put more of an emphasis on high school ball. And, and listen, I'm not, I, I'm a realist to think that high school ball from a recruiting standpoint is secondary because it's easier for college coaches to go to a central location and recruit for a weekend. You know, not all the schools, you know, it's kind of rare, but it does happen. You know, we get guys out to college coaches out to a Tuesday game, but for the most part, they're not getting out to see high school games in season. So, um, you know, bless you. (laughs) I think um, the high school, you know, the importance of a high school game has diminished over the years. But at the same time, you know, as high school coaches, we're with the kids three hours a day for six days a week for three months, right? So, you know, we know about the makeup, the work ethic, you know, what kind of teammate is he? Um, so, you know, I, like, I want to give you a shout out for, you know, bridging that gap because, you know, I, I've seen it a lot where I'll, you know, I'll, I'll approach one of my kids and say, hey, this school reached out. Are you interested? And him say, well, you know, 
you got to talk to my travel ball coach because, you know, he doesn't think it's a good fit or whatever it is, or my travel ball coach is handling all that. And I'm like, Hey, fine. But you know, you, you, you got to lean on your resources in life. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it's, you know, like I said, awesome job by you and, and being able to kind of bridge that gap. And I, I think it's going back in that right direction, but not as fast as it should. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just hard to like guys and it's even during their season. You know what I mean? You think about like the high school yeah. seasons there, those guys are playing at the same time. I, like you said, they got to win. Like, and yeah. they, they're probably game planning to win. Yep. Um, you know, but again, they have other, that's why they have a big state, more guys on staff and then one guy yeah. can recruit, but like, still like that guy's still probably teaching somebody something. It might be struggling. Like, like that's important. So like, it, I, I, like I'm saying why, like it's, it's understandable that the summer just became, it's just, it's just much easier to recruit. Yeah, like and it's just much different. So, and that's where the game, the game is off of like how I, my perspective, and I was like, the, the game has changed a lot where the game also is offered different situations. Like where 30 years ago, like you just had to be a high school coach. Yeah. Like that was the gig, you know, where now yeah. there's, there's opportunities all over the game. Like look at your company Panda. Like that's technically like, a baseball you know, job, you know what I mean? So like, right. the game has grown so much where it can offer us, not just in the traditional sense of the coach, which, which I feel is tremendous. Like, so I have a great friend, um, you know, Mark Shosh from clear spring. And like, he put it where it's like you coach a high school team and run a program to teach those values and the sense of community mm-hmm. and get them to play for that. Um, and then for the travel side or the, or the uh, summer ball side is a matter of the recruiting and the, the playing at a high level, really, really getting really competitive and seeing how yeah. really good you can yeah. be and surrounding yourself by like great players so that you can get better, yeah. um, you know, and then you have the recruiting piece of it as well. But like, you know, that's really from, from the coaching side of me was like, you know, like that's where it was at. So for me, like I go into the travel, like, well, like now, nah, like I'm going to try to marry all of this, like. Like I want to bring in my sense of values and what we try to did to build that. Like you're going to still play for something bigger than yourself, because that always plays. Like we always know that person. Like that 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 always plays no matter what. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like playing for something more than myself. You know. Yeah. Any any kind of situation, um, you know that always plays. So if we can marry that and get you guys, yep, surrounded by good people and still recruit it up. And then bring, you know, like you said, bring all the resources that we can, you know, yeah. like I'm, you know, and that those are lessons that you want to teach your kids, you know, yeah. but absolutely. And, and it just helps, you know, I think having a good relationship with travel ball coaches, you know, for me, it just, it makes my job and, and the travel ball coach's job so much easier and it mm-hmm. helps the family. I listen, you know, we can't lose sight of the fact that it's the kid and, and family, you know, who we're working for and, and you know, we, we have to have their best interest at heart. So, you know, just being able to you know, show a kid, I think in that process, it, it teaches the kid how to be a better communicator where, you know, like if, if you and I are talking about a mutual player, you know, if he says, hey, or if I say, hey, I have a call with, you know, you should call coach so-and-so at this school tonight at eight o'clock, but you need to let Trey know, or I'll let Trey know, but make sure you tell him to, or whatever it is. That way yeah. we're all on the same page and, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a, it takes a village. So, but I just think, you know, it's over the years, it's been, like I said, a crowbar just wedged in between all that. And it's it's totally unnecessary. It uh, is. There's, I think there's a lot of ego playing into of it. Of course. Well. You know, there's so much of that, you know, like I'm like, 
this ain't what this about, you know, like uh, it, it's about that kid. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's where for me, it's very easy. Like just be like that. These guys are about kids and they're, they're just about something else. Yeah. Like, and that's just what it is, whatever it is. Like, that's fine again, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not on that train. Like, it's fine. Like you can, it's fine. I'll just, so it's, and it's, yeah. and it's about finding, it's about continuing to spread that message. It's about continuing to do that, you know, and find those guys because, I think it just benefits the player. And I think at the end of the day, like that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find best fits for people. And yeah. at the end of the day, like, well, this kid has those communication skills. This kid's had a good yeah. team around him. Like that's a better, that's a better investment than this kid over here who doesn't, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and there, it's going to be the finer thing, the finest thing that's going to say yes or no to a kid in a program. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, and it, you know, just seeing the work that you've done with with US Elite, like you can tell that there's a passion and a pride in in what you're doing, especially in the recruiting side. Where, you know, when you place a kid at a good school, it's like it's not like you place a kid and like you never talk to him again. Like you you value that lifelong relationship, and and it goes back to finding that right fit for a kid. So, uh, and unfortunately, a lot of places and, and programs don't do it that way, um, and, and some do. So I don't want to. You know, yeah, with a broad brush, but it's just as, as you've seen where that travel ball scene is going, where it's it's a money grab for a lot of you know venues and hosts, and you know it it, it doesn't teach high school kids how to finish games, right? If you if there's an hour fifty time limit, like what what pressure do you have to you know to to, to finish this game or put a team away or whatever it is? So um, you know just. But at the same time, kids need to realize that the, the travel ball coaches are a tremendous resource that they need to be leaned on, especially when it comes to recruiting, because that time of year they're they're you know they're talking to the college coaches, they know the college coaches need. So but you know, finding that that got good balance, it's it's key. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So how how much so when you guys go away then for the summer, you kind of stay away, you know, you kind of got out and Will you will you have much fall and, and, and for you have much fall stuff and then your winter training and things like that before the spring gets rolling around? Like, what does it look like as you guys come back to school? Yeah, no. So yeah, like I said, this is my first. You know, so I had a travel team and they were yeah. in 2023. So uh, you know, they're all graduating. This will be my first summer off in about nine years, and I'm, that's intentional. I'm excited about it. My wife, I'm sure you are. Yeah, my wife is super excited about it. Uh, you know, not having to get up at you know, 6 a.m. on a Saturday to drive to North Jersey or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, what I like about – it's kind of a gift and curse at a school like Penn Charter. So because it's a small student body, we're not allowed to do any fall ball just because oh, wow. half my team plays football, cross country, whatever it is. Um, you know, I like that. I want them to play multiple sports. I want them to get – you know, be open to to other coaching styles and philosophies and and – and it forces, especially pitchers, to put the glove down, put the ball down for a little bit, you know, rest the arm. Um, and then we'll pick up, you know, you know, right before Christmas, you know, we'll get together. Um, so like once or twice a week just to kind of you know, get in a batting cage somewhere. Um, but for the most part, a lot of kids, they play basketball, wrestle. So, you know, if it, it's a situation where a kid can't get to a winter workout and if he's a pitcher, you know, we'll give him a, a winter throwing program or, you know, just kind of give him a little guideline to get them through their off season. And then, you know, we pick up second week of February is when we, we start back for the spring. Um, and again, you know, that's the luxury of being a private school, you know, 
the state schools, they start a little later. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that, that, that's kind of our, our year. And, um, but at the same time, it's all about, you know, being, you know, staying in communication with the kids, especially the kids that are playing other sports and just saying, Hey, you know, season's six months away, you know, just make sure you're, you're getting bigger, faster, stronger. You're not throwing too much. You're not, you know, your inbox is getting flooded with uh, invites to the college camps and show winter showcases and, you know, just keep me posted because the last thing I want a kid to do is go to a, a December showcase and throw as hard as he can and hurt himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's, and the kids are great about it. You know, they, they know, they know when to say no, which is awesome. Um, but they know like if there's an event that they think you know, they need to go to and, and get in front of a college coach, you know, we'll, we'll kind of help map it out for them. So, you know, that's kind of the, you know, that's, that's part of the job that I enjoy um, helping them get through that process. And then, you know, that's, that's what you do. It's, it's awesome. So um, yeah, that, that's kind of our year in a nutshell. Cool. And then, so you could probably, Will, will like weight training or anything become part of that? Like, will you guys do some certain things like that during the off season or is that part of just wake, you know, the, what you do like in December? It's kind of, you know, we picked that up later and just because, you know, our school, you know, um, out of season sports, you know, getting access to the gym, um, you know, isn't as easy as in season and, you know, geographically where we are, a lot of our baseball only players, they, they're going to their outside facilities and, you know, they're in there every day and, you know, and that's great. Like I wouldn't want to disrupt that. Um, but then, you know, once the season starts to, you know, is in the, uh, you know, a few months away, you know, we'll get together and, and, you know, get with our strength coach and, and tell them you know, one, keep them updated of where they at. They'll do some baseline testing and um, then they'll kind of their team, their staff will lay out kind of their plans for the, for the year and, what I love about them is, you know, they realize, you know, baseball players aren't the same as football or basketball players. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, our strength coach, he, um, yeah, he works closely with, uh, with Zach DeCon from, from uh, oh, TCU, yeah. who's one of the best in the business and, and adopts a lot of his philosophies and, um, and especially in season, it's phenomenal where, you know, we, I send him my lineups, you know, two days before you know, probable pitchers and he can kind of tailor the workouts you know, for those kids, that way everything's done in safety, but at the same time, they're, they're keeping their strength in season. And, um, it, it kind of mimics it very similar to a college program. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I was just like, just wondering, and it's, it's, it's just always great to hear, like, even just the real conversation of like, just the challenges that every school is, every school yeah. has different things. And like you said, you're a smaller school. We're not doing this because we, you know, like, those are real things that, you know, either as guys like, you know, whatever they're feeling about that situation, you know, where it's, it's just a normal thing. Cause you know, here you are like very prestigious, you know, good program that's put out multiple kids at very high levels and, and you're not having fall. Like you don't have it. Like it's just yeah. not part of what your school does, you know? And it's like, but yeah, most of the kids, you think about those great players, those guys are taking care of their arms or they're taking care of their yeah. playing, yeah. you know, like I said, or they're at the facility, um, you know, and you're trusting that those things are happening. And then you start up in December, you know, and that's still earlier than, like you said, right. Most pub, like public schools could even do. And yeah, you know, that's still plenty. It's still, you're taking December, January, February, March, April, May, you know, like yeah. we're still with them half the year. It, it's, it's so funny that, that like there are times where, you know, in, by you know, Thanksgiving or whatever it is, you know, I'll see on social media, you know, some 
some local schools, you know, they're, you know, they're doing full team workouts, indoor workouts at a facility somewhere. And then, you know, I'll get like, I'll get a little jealous, you know, a little, little FOMO going on, but then at the same time, I'm like, you know what, let these kids focus on their, their winter sports, let them get their grades up, you know, whatever it is. Um, our season's long enough. Um, and you know, it'll be here before we know it. So it's funny. I, I find myself kind of waffling on that during the wood. I'm sure you do. Easy to do. Easy yeah. to do. Like but, I, but also I think what you mentioned, I think what you mentioned was important was like the the little texts that come out, you know, the daily communication. You're like, hey, how's it going? You know, like because I mean I find myself like that. Like I purposely like we go real quiet during the high school and I don't want any, I don't want any distraction. I don't want to, yeah. you know, like it's super important that you need to play for a banner on the wall like it is super right. important and but like it's still a matter of like just checking in like hey man how's it going you know like yeah, hope yeah. you don't hope you're doing well if you need right. anything let me know you know yep. like yep. just those kind of things that i think when you said that like that was the nail on the head of like just kind of keeping a pulse on everything oh yeah absolutely and just and at the same time you know say hey how you doing and you know we'll have a conversation going and i'll say hey you know season's five months away, you know, let's, you know, make sure if you're not already in the gym, get in the gym. Let's, or, you know, if, if you need a recommendation on a speed coach, let's, let's shave off a 10th, the second of your six, or whatever it is, you know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It, it just at the same time, sprinkle in some kind of expectations for them. Like, Hey, you know, you're a guy, uh, you know, we think it's going to throw 40 innings for us, you know, just make sure you're ready for that. <laughs> so Absolutely. Um, just kind of being, you know, being a, a you know, so having an open door policy, you know, 365 for them, they can reach out whenever they want um, and just kind of be in there for them. And I think that resonates with them and the family. And um, yeah, it just, it just helps breed a, a better baseball player, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about like, the, the expectations that you said, there's such a high academic school. Do you find yourself like having to, let's say a kid needs a study or yeah. like they're struggling in school, like, where like you got to like take a pause or like you got to hold study halls or like what, how has that impacted in what you do in your program? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it happens a lot. Um, you know, there, there's one um, basically a student, uh, she's a tutor at, that the school has and, and she works with a lot of our players and, you know, she, she's been there forever and it's funny, you know, she has helped so many young men, you know, young baseball players if, get through, you know, adjust the pen charter because it's a school that's it's K through 12, but a lot of our players will come in seventh, eighth, ninth grade. And it's a, it's an adjustment. You know, if you're coming from a public school or a small Catholic grade school, you know, there's a, there's a, a learning curve, there's an adjustment period. And, and she's phenomenal as far as working with players, you know, throughout their career. Um, but the kids know, you know, academics come first. So um, they're great as far as you know, keeping us, you know, in communication with, Hey coach, I'm going to be late to practice. I'm finishing an exam or whatever it is. And that's great. Cause they know if, you know, they don't get the grades, they're not getting on the field. And, you know, from the college admission standpoint, it's like some of the schools that they want to play at, everybody's got a three, eight or four Oh going in. Right? So, you know, the talent pool is so deep and so strong that they know that they, if, if, you know, doesn't matter how hard they throw, if they don't have the, the grades to get in, it's, it's not going to really get them over the hump. Hmm. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. Hmm. But it's so. it, it's funny. It's like you know these these kids. They're you know 
I, I don't want to paint them as though they're all, you know, rocket scientists. Yeah, we have kids that are, yeah, we, we have kids that are taking college level math at, as juniors, right? But, you know, we have, we have kids who they need that academic support all four years. And, um, but you wouldn't know it, you know, once they're in the dugout, like they're all like just they're tight knit. You know, they all come from different walks of life, socio socioeconomic backgrounds. We have rich kids, we have middle class kids, we have poor kids. It's, you know, it's a great mix. And, and, you know, once they throw the pinstripes on, like you wouldn't know that just by hanging out with them. So, you know, that's, that's what makes the place pretty special. How do you do that? Like, uh, are you, uh, do you do anything spectacular? Anything, anything special to bring your your team together? Or is that just mostly? Is that mostly about the school? You're saying? I think the, the school does a phenomenal job with that. Um, you know, us as a team, you know, we'll do some like team building events and you know, just kind of like little things here and there. But for the most part, you know, the, the school does a great job of of kind of preaching that you know the, the equity side of it and, and and treating everybody you know with respect and and, and you know, being equitable and, and everything you do. Um, but for us as a, as a team, you know, we'll do like, you know, we'll, we'll spend a Saturday doing like, like, you know, this year we, we had to paint our batting cage, our outdoor cages. Like, so we, I was like, Hey, we're not practicing Saturday, you know, bring some paintbrushes, bring some, you know, we'll, we'll do some manual labor, like fun stuff like that, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's a great mix of kids. And like I said, from all walks of life and um, you know, you can see them. And, and again, you geographically, we have kids from, you know, Jersey, we have kids from an hour north of the city. We have kids from, you know, an hour south of the city. So all over the place in the greater Philadelphia area uh, from different neighborhoods. And, um, you know, once they're together, you know, they have their, their neighborhood friends, but then they have this lifelong brotherhood. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I was just, you know, and sometimes, yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just part of it. Uh, like I said, part of the school or like how, how you can do with the program. Um you know, how, how you're doing those kind of things. Um, you, know, you think about the tradition, the tradition that you have, like how, how have you, uh, you know, been able to continue to build on the tradition at William Penn? Yeah. Just kind of letting them know from, from day one that, you know, you're, you're putting on a Jersey that has been worn by, you know, countless really, really good players and, and great young men. Um, and the, the school itself, you know, predates the formation of the country and, um, you know, you can feel that tradition just, you know, organically around campus, but from a baseball side, you know, some of the, the great players that came through, um, you know, they know that they're, they're picking up a torch, but at the same time, they're leaving their mark on the, the you know, their legacy on this program. So, um, and I don't think that's lost on them. And at the same time, you know, our alumni, you know, our players, you know, we like to stay in touch with them and whether it be, you know, them sending a, a video message like to the team or, um, you know, our, our hitting coach this year is, uh, he was part of our, uh, 2017 team that was top 10 in the country and had 12 kids going to play college ball and, you know, four guys playing professionally. And, you know, he was our center or he was our shortstop on that team and he's coaching now. And, you know, just kind of reminding them, like, listen, you know, this is your program. It's not ours as coaches. It's yours. You know, it's, you have a responsibility to, know, play to your best, your, your ability, but at the same time, you know, represent the pinstripes with, with the utmost respect they deserve. And you're, you're representing your family at the same time. So, um, like I said, that's not lost on them. And, um, but it, you're just giving them those, those reminders of the the tradition and the, the guys who came before them. Um, I think that inspires them. Hmm. How, how do you like, 
Because, of course, like you said, the, painting the picture of different things, like at such a traditional school, like you said, it's such a prestigious place. Like, how are you able to keep kids, like, like people talk about, like, keeping them hungry, you know, giving, giving, them, yeah. giving them an edge, keeping that competition, that fire. Like, how are you able to build that in, 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 into that? It's it's not easy. And, you know, if I had the perfect answer, I'd give it, you know, I'm always kind of you know, tinkering with that. Um, yeah. You know, like every year, you know, you, well, I guess you want to be able to instill some of your, your coaches, you know, personalities on the team, but at the same time, like, you know, there are, there are kids who, you know, come from, you know, upper-class neighborhoods or kids who've never done manual labor in their life. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, but so, you know, how do you, how do you motivate everybody? So it's, it's kind of getting them you know, to understand the common goal, right. Uh, that we're all here to win and, you know, get to the next level. But, you know, we tell them, you know, that they can't do it on their own. Like it's a failure sport, you know, failure is going to find you whether you like it or not, it's coming. Um, so if you're going through a hitting slump, you know, you're not going to be able to figure that shit out on your own, you know, mm-hmm. we're, Lean on your brothers, lean on your teammates, lean on your coaches who've all been there before. Um, you know, just helping them kind of get out of their own way sometimes. Um, you know, that helps with the mental side of it. Um, but just kind of, you know, letting them know that, you know, if, if we're playing against a team that has a, an extra chirpy dugout, like it doesn't matter. Like, you know, don't let them get in your heads. Like, you know, we're going to control this game. You know, they're not going to affect anything that we do. Um, and you know, if you can't handle this, like, you know, what are you going to do if you want to play at a power five and you're playing on a Friday night with, you know, 10,000 people there yelling at you. So, um, it's tough. Like I'm, I'm always trying to learn, you know, new ways to kind of keep them hungry. Like you said, the a big thing that has worked for us is because like I said, going back to the whole travel ball thing where travel ball is king, I get it when it comes to recruiting and, and getting looks, um, you know, we tell kids like, you know, you know, tell me who the perfect game national champion, 16U national champion was three years ago. They're like, mm-hmm. I don't freaking know. You know, tell me who the, you know, you know, PBR uh, champion was in 2020 at the 15U level. Like, I don't know. Like, tell me who the state championship was, or the state champion was two years ago. And they can rattle that off. And I'm like, you're playing for something bigger than yourself, right? You're playing for something that is going to live on, you know, in the, in the program's, you know, tradition um, forever. So, um, you know, that, that resonates with them a little bit. Um, so finding that, that, that good balance where, Hey, you give me your heart for the this next three months and, you know, you, you'll walk as champions forever. And in the summertime now, then now it's ready to have some fun ball out. It, now you're going to have some eyeballs on you and now you're prepared to do that. And now your travel ball coaches are going to hold you to a high standard when it comes to reaching out to coaches. So it, like I said, it takes a village. And, you know, we just play a small part in that. And, but it's, it's, it's a role that, you know, I take pride in. Coach Hanley, just giving us some great stuff. Really just enjoy the conversation. Uh, going from his culture, open door policies, the way he's communicating, the way he's trying to help guys in the school. You know, and really then again, how he's, being realistic about the high school player and the, and the analytics that he does know, but putting into and like what's real reality for their program, uh, how he's just so um, in tune with the culture at his own school. And I think that's a whole that's a great perspective to have because of course we want to 
build our own culture and we want to do these things in our program, but to also be in touch with what's the reality of the entire school. What are the realities of the school and the culture of the school and then trying to marry those two together um, where he's having the guys go to games. And I've heard that from multiple coaches where, again, trying to build culture and trying to get guys together. Go to the games. Go to the other uh, – support the other athletes. Uh, be okay and support the other players when they're at their athletic – other athletic events, when they're playing other sports. Heard that multiple times from great coaches like Coach Hanley. So, Coach, I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate all you guys for hanging on with us, supporting us. That's why we're doing this. This is just to continue to grow the game um, and continue to help us all because – you know, Coach Hanley getting help from him and, you know, learning from him, and that's what this is all about. I just loved how he communicates. Uh, you know, it's, it's just great to see guys that, you know, they're not in education every day. You know, this is a business guy who's, you know, he's in analytics and helping professional baseball, and just to come back with that perspective, a great perspective, great to learn. Those guys are going to, you know, we're all going to talk a certain way in their language and how he kind of goes about his business is, re- is really beneficial for us all to, to hear and and. And you watch those guys play, and, and they play at a high level, and they always have some really good players. And um, really great to see us all firsthand this, this year. So also see Coach Hanley. Really appreciate you. And, again, appreciate all you guys. Until next time, keep getting better. <laughs>